What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am the Soul Chemical. This is your Wednesday show, and this is your first of maybe two reviews for the Batman movie. Um, I'm thinking about bringing Nico on. I don't know if he is going to watch it. I know he has some stuff he's got going on right now. I was uh, fortunate enough to see an early morning show. If it, it just so happened to fit into my schedule. Um, I'm actually going to see it again tonight, but, I, but I'm only seeing it, well, seeing it again, because I was going to see it again, but I'm going to see it again so that way I can kind of have a, a, my perspective fully recognized by the time Nico comes on, if that makes sense. And, if it, and when he does come on, that's not going to be for a couple weeks. So, anyways, we're going to do this episode, just my take on it. Uh, one, I think the three-hour time was needed. Um, two, I, I do appreciate that the last two iterations of the Batman, well, two of the last three iterations of the Batman, you clearly seen the director's vision, what they wanted to get across between Nolan and now Matt Reeves. Uh, these are my quick thoughts, obviously. I don't believe every movie they have in this trilogy, because it's going to be a trilogy, it could be three hours. <laughs> um, the way movies are going, you never know. I just don't think that's sustainable. Not because I don't enjoy it. Like, you give me a three-hour movie, three-hour documentary, I'm all in. Period. Bottom line. Um, I just don't think it's... I think with this one, you had to build the mythos. You know, and like... Shameless plug, like someone was asking me the other day about um, an interview I did about when that comes out, I'll plug it about the Messina character and all stuff. And I said, well, getting away from the cameo, not having the cameo, the the the, the appearances and the, the, the Geneva Convention had to build the world and the mythos that is Messina. That's what they had to do here. You had to see essentially the embryonic stages of Batman. So you had to see the penguin. You had to see the Falcones. You had to see the Catwomans. You had to see the uh, Lieutenant Gordon. Um, you had to get to know the city. Like you weren't just learning Batman. You were learning the city. And to me, the only character I think you didn't really leave learning about was um, was Alfred. I felt like you got very little of him. But at the same time, this is something that I've noticed. This was designed to get the Batman over, not Bruce Wayne. Like, literally, I can count on maybe, I think it was maybe seven scenes where you see Bruce Wayne. That was a, a, the scene at the hospital with Alfred. Uh, the funeral scene. What else? See, that's how few scenes he, Bruce Wayne was actually. Bruce Wayne wasn't essential. Like, to me, Bruce Wayne was essential in... The Nolan trilogy. Batman was essential here. You see mistakes. You see the anger. You see the arrogance. Like he has a bulletproof um, suit, and you see him just like running to bullets. And it's like the, the, as Bruce Wayne, as, excuse me, as Batman matures, as Bruce Wayne matures, he's now like, why take damage? Just because I have the suit, you know. And so it's one of those things where, to me, like you had to learn. All of this. So, 
um, I remember two people texted me about it. They saw it, and they were like, "Hey, this I wasn't expecting this." And honestly, I said, and they said, "This feels like a it's gonna be nominated for an Oscar." I thought that was the point of it. I legit thought that this was like a kind of like a res- not a response, but I'm gonna use response and then air quotes. You can't see that. I feel like this was a way for Matt Reed to say, "Hey, this is a comic book film, but it's a film that." Is this this just rebuts anything Martin Scorsese or anyone else that says it's killing cinema? It's just this is a noir tale that fits in with you know the sevens and everything like that. And so you see all these different things, these aspects that are just human aspects. It's growth, it's ignorance, it's uh, arrogance, it's a number of things. Anyways. Um, so we'll, I will start my, with my first thoughts on the penguin. Colin Farrell is unrecognizable in that makeup. He, he does an amazing job as a penguin. To me, I always feel like the penguin is like a snake. Ravina, he's a dangerous snake. You know, saying like some people who are just snakes and they're just like, yeah, they, and they, talk, they talk trash behind their boss's backs or whatever. Penguins like that. But to me, penguins a dangerous snake because penguins like, oh, because he has enough respect to where he doesn't have to be a second-rate henchman for anybody. And the people above him know that. But they hold it over him for, for a minimal amount of time. And for those of you who don't know, in the comics, despite his uh, physique, he's actually, I think he's like trained in like, I think he's like a black belt in jujitsu or something like that. Like he's actually, well, I, I remember one story in particular. He's like, got his clothes off. He's in sumo gear. He's like karate chopping and fighting and then i think in years was it year zero no nah, because robin was around whatever whatever book this was i don't remember the name of it i wish i did there's a conversation between dick grayson and bruce wayne and they're in the bat cave and bruce wayne makes the comment penguin is the smartest villain i've ever faced and robin's like what dick grayson's like what that how come he gets getting caught he says unlike bruce wayne says unlike me he doesn't evolve from his, his past mistakes, which which gives me the advantage. I was like, wow, that's a good way to circumvent that because every one of his rogues, for as smart for as good as they are, they have a heel, Achilles heel. Joker can't live without Batman. He can't live without Bruce Wayne. Riddler can't live without knowing the secret of I cracked this code. You know what I'm saying? Um, Penguin's the same way. Penguin's constantly like Penguin's to me one of the guys who like he would literally like look in the, the, the jewelry store that they're robbing. He won't take certain things, but then he'll get in his ego and be like, fuck it, I don't care if Batman comes. That's him not growing from his mistakes. So that was a dope line. I remember reading it a while ago. And um But yeah, so to me, I think he did a great job as Penguin. Every scene he was in, it was it was good. Um, moving on to Jim Gordon, I believe, I don't know his his name, his real name. He's a great actor though, but he played a great Jim Gordon, uh, a young James Gordon, Jim Gordon, excuse me, where it's just like, you see already that the trust he has for Batman. And I find it funny how in the first act, Bruce Wayne or Batman says, Hey, you don't trust me? He says, as much as, as much as you trust me, they both have that common respect for each other to where they don't actually have to say it. And I think um, they both say it. One, Gordon says it. He actually physically says it. But they both say it to each other throughout the entire movie. It's one of those things where it's just like, like 
and and Batman says it too. Like when he feels his identity is gonna be compromised, he says he looks at him, says, "Hey, you're a good cop," and you you could see Gordon like, "The hell's wrong with him?" You know. Um, so to me, I feel like I, I'm actually looking forward to that GCPD story because now we know that he's he's on his trajectory to be the commissioner. Well, I, I'm assuming that's what that what that's what the episodic show is gonna be about is him becoming the commissioner. As one of those things where you see, you do see some good, good cops in there, but you also like, I peeped that last scene. That's why I want to watch that that movie again. I'm going to watch the movie again. I looked at some cops that just were like looking down. It's kind of like, hmm, is everyone good? And you know, you just know they aren't, right? Especially if you know the the Batman lore. But I thought he did a great Jim Gordon, and I love how he is unwavering in his um, allegiance to Batman. Like that one scene where he tricks everyone into getting out and giving him 10 minutes. And then he whispers to uh, Batman what to do exactly. And Batman has to punch him in order to like, you know, get out. And he's like, you should have held your punches. And Batman's like, I did. You know, I think that I love the dynamic between those two. Uh, let's go to Catwoman next. Uh, Zoe Kravitz played a great Catwoman. Um, like I said, I need to watch it twice and sit with it. We've only had three movie live action Catwoman, I'm not counting the campy one from like the 60s or whatever. Um, I did like Anne Hathaway's take on it. Um, I, I love Michelle Pfeiffer's take on it as well. Um, this one I love too. I love the dynamic of the mystery of her past. And she literally was, was always plotting. Always plotting to take down Falcone. Uh, and so it's one of those things where like, you see the struggle she has and then her friend gets killed and and it just drags her, it drags her into being Catwoman even more. Like she already has it in her, but it's now just dragging her to be in there. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. I love the dynamic of her and Robert Pattinson as as Batman and Catwoman, and you see the the hush influence there, where like it's the first time they're meeting each other, and they don't trust each other, but they do. But for some reason, they do trust each other, and. Um, and I love I, I, the, the ending sequence with those two, when she's telling, hey, let's just go away and have some fun. And she looks at him and she looks at the, the bass signal and she says, oh, I'm who am I? Who am I kidding? You're spoken for. And it's like, wow, like she sees Bruce Wayne's future kind of as he's seeing it. And he goes in to kiss her because she's kissed him twice. And. He goes in for the kiss the third time and she backs away. And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, do what you got to do. Um, I also love the Bloodhaven drop. Like, you now have made Bloodhaven con- in, con- in, in, con- in continuity with your universe. And I, I don't know what that means for a second movie. I'm assuming she won't be around as much. And I'm assuming when she does, I, I assume either she's not going to be around at all or she's going to be in the third act of the movie. Whatever the, the, the storyline is going to be, um, we already know Matt Reeves has brought up that he would like to have Mr. Freeze um, in that role. And Mr. Freeze's iconic, uh, well, his origin story that was essentially became canon because of Batman the Animated Series. I would love to see that with Matt Reeves' take on live action version um, and not the campy side that we had Arnold Schwarzenegger do. Um, cause he has the heart of, he has a frozen heart of gold, I like to say. Um, uh, but anyways, I thought Zoe Kravitz did a, a really good job 
uh, as this Catwoman and the, the, the development of her was just as important as the development of Batman. You know, like you see her anger, you see her frustration, but you see at the same time she's. I've never seen Catwoman as an antihero. I know so many people say that. I just can't see her as an antihero because usually if she's robbing people, she's robbing bad people. I don't get mad when rich people who are doing dirt get robbed. Those are extreme first world problems. I just saw the most hilarious thing where some dude from Amazon was pat- apparently they're, they're making like white privilege cards. One, that's hilarious. Two, that's hilarious. And three, that's what that's all she's doing is taking their shit and then saying, here you go. Never leave home without it. Right? I, I can't feel bad about that, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I just don't, I've never seen her as an anti-hero. And finally, we get to Bruce Wayne, aka Robert Pattinson's portrayal. Uh, I thought it was great. I love the dynamic, how he's extremely short with Alfred at first. It remind, you know what reminds me of, yeah, Euro Zero Two also reminds me of Arkham Origins, the, the video game where you see essentially Bruce Wayne having to have something happen to Alfred for him to realize, holy fuck, even if I don't care about myself, there's still one person in this world I care about. Even if I, and he begins to obviously care about Catwoman, you can see it throughout the movie, but he, when he realizes that the person that he knows he can't live without, his real father in life, has been Alfred. And this movie, from the vibe I got, was Alfred's the one who taught him how to fight. There's no racial goal yet, nothing like that. So anyways, um, as you see that dynamic of him saying, I don't care what happens to me, and then you see Alfred passing the, uh, the cufflinks and he's saying you still have a legacy to maintain and you see the one joke that bruce wayne tries to crack so you're not you're waiting next is your father gave me this and you see the, the look on his face change and it's like i don't th- I, I it's i love the naivety of bruce wayne where he's like he doesn't fully understand the struggle that alfred went through and with, and with Alfred knowing, hey, I couldn't find their killer. I'm not this kid's son. You know, I'm nobody. But he is somebody, you know? And so that's why that, that heartwarming moment in the hospital when they're holding hands, it's like he, he realizes then it's bigger than himself. His dad was trying to protect his mom's legacy and his mom's future, not because he wanted to win a fucking election. You know, it was about his mom and the love he had for this woman and he's like, wow. And now he finds that same love in his uh, essential, his, essentially his, his, his real father. Um, so I thought they portrayed that very well. I, I, I'm i not going to lie to you. You know, I, I loved that he wasn't the suit most of the time. And we got to see the detective side of it. And we see that he's, he's so intrigued. But at the same time, he's so naive and so stupid in many ways. When he's like, wow, fear has been working for so long. Now he's met someone who I left left last on purpose that that doesn't fear him. He sees him as a friend. And have you ever had that before happen when you think you and someone are beefing and that person just just sees you as a, a sidekick and you're like, that's not we're that's not where we are. And they're like, no, that's that's what we are. And you're, and you're like, that's mighty mighty strange. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those situations where it's just kind of like, wow. Like, we were on, like, four separate pages, and you really do believe this. You know, so to me, I feel like 
he's he has his eyes open in so many ways. Like in the, in the, um, <clears throat> I'm not, I don't think it was in Year Zero. It was in uh, Batman Year One from Frank Miller. Excuse me, where he forgets to tie a criminal up, and when he comes back, the criminal's gone. And, or, and he's like, well, I should have tied him up. You, you see him learning from his mistakes. I feel like, because Batman is, this is going to be blasphemy, but hear me out before you lose your shit. I've always felt like Batman is the more popular version of Iron Man, right? When I say that, I mean, if you look at both characters, yeah, they have a lot of similarities, but their smarts is the thing that keep them above, especially with Batman. If you've noticed, like how they picked out an MCU, Every time Iron Man has, had, has been in a new movie, he's made a new suit to adjust to the enemy. You, you follow what I'm saying? So after Iron Man 2, now his suits have become electric when he's fighting Thor. That's why the, that's why the only thing that Thor's hammer did was give him more power. He's like, huh, how about that? You know, same thing with Batman. Like, for as bulletproof as his suits are, and you see by the end the wear and tear on it. I'm like, I, I was about to watch this... Uh, youtube video and they were talking about how his suits might be durable my first thought was yeah it was durable until he literally just kept jumping into fights and by the end of it you see the wear and tear on it you know and you'll see him learn from that you'll see him dodge more stuff and block more stuff and sometimes you'll see his suits upgrade as they go with it like if mr freeze is the enemy in the second one then guess what his he's gonna get frozen but then he's going to have to adjust in that movie to a frozen suit, you know, or hazmat suit, whatever you wants to fucking call it. But I thought he did a really good job. I do think the last three Batman that have been live action have been nailed perfectly. Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, and now Robert Pattinson. So I'm interested to see where this, the rest of this take goes. Um, and finally, uh, the main villain of it was uh, Paul Daniels the Riddler. And I think this is the best live action Riddler, obviously. Um, I actually didn't mind Jim Carrey's Riddler, only because that's what they asked him to do. Jim Carrey was so hot at the time, and I was really, really young. But Jim Carrey was so hot at the time, that's what they wanted from him. So I'm not going to be mad, because it's kind of like the whole Lex Luthor thing with uh, Jesse Eisenberg. When people are like, I don't like it, no, no, no. That's the way he was directed to be. So I'm not going to be mad about what well, I would have picked him? No. I actually think uh, Omari Hardwick from Power would be the perfect. He would be he would be black. I know that's a thing we can't do is, you know, have different things. Um, but, I mean, like, I think someone like him who has the demeanor, who has the look, the terrifying look of when it's like, I'm going to kill you and you don't even know it. And, but I'm going to first mess with your mind. You know, to me, that's one thing. But, like, to me... That's what Jim Carrey was actually doing. He did it, so who cares? Anyways, um, I think he did a great job. I love. I, I did find a fu uh, funny how that when he was doing that um, social media thing and he puts his head in. I didn't know that took over two hundred takes because he Paul Dano kept trying to try different ways to come in. Like to me, he was the perfect riller because then you see him in this outfit, you see him murder people and just manipulate this entire movie, and then when you finally meet him, he's just he looks like a baby faced kid. And it just looks so fucking weird to see this 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 kid, and and then as he's being arrested, he which he got arrested on purpose. He literally looks out and sees Batman there, and a big smile on his face. Because at that moment, he still thinks they're a team. You know, I think he did a really good job. I know some people are still gonna pick Heath Ledger's Joker. Heath Ledger's Joker is never gonna die because that that, that role is so iconic and means so much to so many people. And I, I truly believe no one's going to ever be able to, in my opinion, see someone that does a better villain than that one. Um, 
this is this is this is near for me though personally you know but once again as i've talked about this on the show before i'm still a huge fan of jack nicholson's joker you know um but seeing that seeing the riddler literally from the start of the movie until batman thwarts his plan two hours and 40 minutes into the movie he has control of the entire city for seven days essentially that's crazy you know um so yeah i thought they all had good strong performances i think the story was for me the story i thought was good it obviously mixed a number of different stories uh starting with the long halloween like to me i don't know if the casual fan will understand this story so i still think it's gonna make a billion dollars personally um However, I do think that may hurt it because it's such an in-depth story. It's such character development driven, which look who you're talking to. I don't mind it, um, but I thought it was good overall. Like I said, I'm look, as I'm recording this, it's Saturday night. I'm actually going to watch it again tonight. Um, I'm a, once, I, once I'm done with this, I'm actually going to figure out some time to time I go. But I, yeah, I, I, I thought for the first comic book movie of the year, it delivered. You know, I know, I think Morbius is after this, but then after that is Doctor Strange. So, you know, I'm look, I'm glad that the, this new version of DCEU has started off on the right foot for these guys. I believe they deserve it. I feel like a lot of hard work was put into it, and everyone seems like they want to be back. So that's pretty awesome as well. So that is my personal review of my first looking, first looking, first viewing of the Batman. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I would like to hear your feedback as well. Send your emails. I am the Soul Chemical. And I will talk to you guys on Monday. I am out.